tore one out. Throw a cheers for good old lefty. Unbelievable Phil Mickelson. Welcome back to the winner's circle. Uh, Great. Indeed. We're going to start there. We're also going to cover some other topics, including some Twitter feuds involving golfers and, and football players. A little Julio Jones trade talk and uh, finish up with some NBA, maybe some other stuff. Um, so, yeah, let's dive right into it. Uh, Dan, how much of the PGA Championship were you able to watch, especially that final round? Watch on much. I had a, a doubleheader baseball on Sunday, so didn't get to watch much. But watch coming home. I probably maybe shouldn't say this, but on my drive home for an hour and a half, had it on my phone kind of in the corner over there. So didn't get to see too much, but was listening and was having, because by the time I actually got to it, it was basically, can, can anybody catch him? Can, can Phil hold on? Cause now, you know, that was always a little bit the question even starting Sunday and that sucker held on baby. You know, it's, like, it's, it's almost like he's won a couple majors before. Yeah. It's the first time he's won a major, I think since like 2013. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know if you saw. So he started the tournament at two hundred to one odds. Yeah, it was bad. And his first shot off the first hole was um, a bogey, and mm-hmm. his odds went to four hundred to one. <laughs> wow! You just one hole, and you could have you could have doubled your money. Matt, there's no way anybody hedged that, right? Nobody, nobody's like, hey. Now, now I'm feeling it for Mickelson. <laughs> Give it to me at 401, please. After after the bogey, yeah. Uh, I don't. I doubt. It. I didn't see anything. You know, normally if someone du- plays those bets, usually there's some sort of like, of customer has put a, this much mm-hmm. bet on it. You see the the tweets from Fando and whatnot. Um, yes, you would. You're correct. Yeah, but it's crazy. He's the oldest player now to win a major championship at 50 years old. Um. Like I said, his first major since 2013. Um, and uh, now he gets to roll into the U.S. Open, hunting, still hunting for that career Grand Slam. Because yeah, I remember he was going to have to potentially take like a, a waiver or whatever, like an exemption took, to play. He took, he took a sponsorship exemption to play in the U.S. Open this year, which a lot of people were a little ruffled about now he's even he was i know he was even like mixed on his decision to do it or not you know he wasn't he didn't want to do it but then when push came to shove he was like i mean i guess right why you know why not he's got i mean yeah he's got that won't that doesn't matter anymore you just won the pga good we want you in the u.s open now everybody thinks you deserve to be there so you know that that's all gonna get swept under the rug it's never gonna matter which i'm personally perfectly fine with you know phil phil's the man He's now got a five-year exemption for the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. But I think oh, they're PGA, like paired like that. Oh, cool! I don't know. You get well. You get no. You got. He gets a five-year exemption for all the majors, but mm-hmm. he's already won the Masters. You win the Masters, you get a lifetime. Um, gotcha. You okay? I and thought I, you meant when he took the exemption for the U.S. Open originally. He oh, had it for the no, no. But you meant because he won, right? Gotcha. Okay. And it's I know. My bad. 
And same with the PGA Championship. If you win the PGA Championship, once you get a lifetime exemption to the PGA Championship. Thus John Daly this year. Yeah, he won the <laughs> Open Championship. I think that's the same. I'm assuming it's the same, like, for all the majors. You just win. If you win it, you get to come back every year. I think so. I mean, it's like, why not? What That's just... Right. You're only talking 40 people, you know, or whatever, you know, usually. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. All right. So uh, congratulations to Phil. You know, great achievement. Hope rooting for him in the U.S. Open, that's for sure. I did see. I mean, did you get to did you get to watch any of the final Sunday, like the last couple holes or anything, Chuck? Yeah, I watched like the last couple holes and that crowd on uh, in on eighteen. Boy, sports are back, baby. <laughs> I, it was it was so much fun to watch that that again. I was I think I didn't watch watch a bunch, but just hearing the roar of everything and just the excitement, you could just tell everybody was feeling it, and it felt amazing. The only uh, the only thing of note is that. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw, but Brooks Kepka's coming mm-hmm. off an injury, and uh, he said felt like some people were going for his knees in the crowd. That's not good. Yeah, no, I, I don't even know what to make of this whole situation. I mean, do you think somebody actually tried to like whack him in the knee in the like in the crowd? Like somebody purposefully tried to do it because he kind of insinuated that. I mean, I don't know. It's it. It's crazy because apparently he was getting booed at points during the day. I didn't hear that in the final couple holes, but um, yeah, so it's not a good situation either. It's been a, no. It was a rough. It's been a rough week for Brooks. Yeah, it it, it definitely has. But it was crazy because coming, he was like a month removed from knee surgery coming into this tournament and ended mm-hmm. up finishing second. That's you know pretty crazy. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Brooks Kapka is amazing. You know, he's gonna be we're gonna be talking about him twenty years from now as well. You know, he's not going away. He's gonna win many majors. But uh I just it, it's it's I have two thoughts on it. Like golf fans, because golf fans are always, you know, to some degree, you know, classy, you know, treat the game with respect, silence, you know, they don't do but then you see what we saw on Sunday and you see what they do every once in a while. And they get rowdy too, man. They they get excited when the time is. I I hope no one would have actually like gone for his knee, but I don't I don't completely disrule it. it it's possible. Indeed. Um well that kind of segues into our next segment, which uh also involves Phil Mickelson. Uh, there's another The Match Capital One series returning on July 6th. Um, there's been a couple of these. I watched, obviously, Peyton Manning versus... It's Peyton and Tiger versus Tom Brady and Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the last one was Barkley and Phil versus... Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot that one even happened, but yeah, Barkley. I don't remember who it was, but I, I, I did not watch that one. The first one was so hype. I, yeah. It might have been. It been I can't remember if it was Steph Curry or not. Um, but Steph anyways. loves golf. So, I mean, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, but this year's edition will feature 
Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson again taking on Bryson DeChambeau versus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and there was some Twitter drama. <laughs> Twitter got fired up about this. Obviously, people were excited, but Brooks Kepka, who we just mentioned, not a big fan of Bryson DeChambeau, as apparently a lot of people are. I don't know. I, not, I don't follow golf closely enough to know, but apparently he has a reputation. Oh, Bryson is hated. He is hated on tour. Can you explain why? Because I'm not, I don't get it. There are, there are two sides of this. I'm going to start with, there's one on course and one off course. Okay. Off course, he's a little bit, it's hard to use this word because they're professionals and they're all, you know, doing everything they can to succeed. He's a bit of a tryhard. He is constantly just, he's the, he has the, he's the guy that swings his club faster than anybody else. Wants to have the biggest swing he can, drive it as far as he possibly can. You know, he's like, looks at the game from the aspect of getting as good as he possibly can physically and like analytically doing everything he can versus just going out there and playing golf a little bit. Now that I don't think upsets as many people on tour as it does like, like casual fans like me. I'm just like, dude, stop it with the constant swing speed. You know, I broke my swing speed by 0.2 miles per hour. You know, this is going to change my game completely. Mm-hmm. He on the course plays the slowest game of golf of anybody <laughs> in history. He lines his putt up for like seven minutes, does nine practice swings, goes out, looks, he takes, he slows the entire pace of play down. And that would, as someone that we both golf, I hate when I'm stuck with somebody that takes forever to play, you know, just you've looked at it. You can only, you can only look at it so many times. You're going to, you're going to hit it. You're, you know, hit the ball. So those are the two sides of Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know which one Brooks Kepps is pissed off at the most, but it's one of the two. Yeah, well, um, I'm, he's also apparently, I'm looking and apparently had some uh, rules, like he tried to challenge a couple <laughs> shots. He does do that one, as well. Including one that landed with some ticks nearby, and he tried to argue where there was red ants nearby that were a threat to the player. Oh, no, that's a, yeah. That, I don't want Bryson DeChambeau. Either. Like I said, as a fan, you're like, come on. I don't, he, he's a lot. I, try hard actually might be the right word. He's just ridiculous. You know, he's, he's being extra. Yes, very much so. Gotcha. All right. Well, I don't know if you saw earlier this week the video that surfaced of Brooks Kepka reacting to Bryson DeChambeau, but it was pretty funny. Uh, Brooks is trying did. to give an answer to an interviewer. He's talking a little bit, and then Bryson walks by, and you, his face is just, ugh. Yeah, just, just pure ugh. disdain. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that became a meme pretty quickly. Yeah, because he gives a little... I lost my train of focus. So I can't can't handle that BS behind me, basically, is what he's getting at. Like, ugh, this was rough. Because Brooks Kepke, a lot of people don't like Brooks Kepke either, you know? He's he's a little bit unliked. He always seems to have an excuse, is what I always see about him. 
don't know. I like him. He's great. He just seems real, you know? Yeah. Um, I, and, but anyways, so when this the match was announced, uh, Brooks Kepka tweeted at Aaron Rodgers, sorry, bro. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Bryson then replied, glad to know I'm living, I'm like living in your head rent free. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Tom Brady then subsequently uh, tweeted out several things. See, I have not seen this. This is all live for me. I'm excited to hear what, what old TB12 has to say. So first thing he said, like two old guys against the young bucks, Phil Mickelson, they Bryson DeChambeau better get used to laying up because we know Aaron Rodgers isn't going for it. Oh my lord. So that's a little oh then he says like he tweeted three memes in a row, the same meme, the Brooks Kepka Bryson DeChambeau walking meme. Gotcha. Um the first one just is Bryson walk Bryson walk, you know, he's yeah, you know how the meme works. I know okay. the meme. I know the meme. Okay. Hopefully listeners look up the meme. Just we can't describe it. Yeah. Bryson's face says, Bryson, happy to be here. Brooks Kepka says, Aaron, realizing he has to spend the whole day with Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. I love that one. The next one on Bryson's face, the Packers kicking a field goal down seven. Brooks Kepka, Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady doesn't care anymore. He's no. just going after people's throats. And then he's the third one. Bryson, me, Tom Brady, making memes. Brooks Kepka, Aaron, and Bryson. <laughs> There's no way Tom Brady actually did that. But whoever is on Tom Brady's team that put those three memes together and got him to, to say yes to, chef's kiss. That is phenomenal. Yeah, he also said something like, um, you know, it's too... It's two golfers going up against a scientist and a Jeopardy host or something like that. <laughs> Man, Tom Brady's a savage. Those are all I, I laughed like hilariously at all of those. I love the, the having to spend all day with Bryson. Realizing you have to spend all day with Bryson just I think it kills me. Because uh, you, you do think about that just in your day life. Like you say something like, oh, that's right. That guy's going to be there all day. I know he's going to be talking to me. I don't want to talk to him. He's going to he's going to keep doing it. Yeah. Bryson also replied to uh, the first of those memes. And he said, once Aaron Rodgers and I take you and Phil Mickels are down, you will feel just as deflated as those balls were in the AFC championship game. Wah, wah, wah. No, yeah. no. You, you knew a deflate gate was retort was coming back. Yeah. So, anyways, well, I, I'm excited about the match. The match itself will be fun as out to watch. You know, yeah. Hopefully, some fun more Twitter antics on the way there. I'm know? sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Brooks Kepka is not a fan of Bryson clearly, and he will, I'm sure, keep it up. 
Yeah, and Phil's, I think Phil's going to be riding high all the way until this thing, obviously. He had that tweet I saw replied to somebody. He was like, yeah, on a plane, drinking wine, half lit, you know, feeling, tweeting, feeling good or whatever. I'm just like, he's he's on his best life right now. He's, he's Phil Mixon is what, playing with house money for another four years, right? Four or five, I mean, can't I go sh- wrong. Yeah, by the way, Aaron Rodgers retweeted Brooks Kepka's original tweet, and he was like 100 Boy, with a gift that says, boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that one never goes wrong. The old Anchorman escalated quickly gift. It he, works for me 98% of the time. Bro, him and Shailene Woodley are just enjoying their time in Hawaii with Miles Teller and his wife. Yep. Just having a good life. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think. Does he care at all if he plays another football game? I mean, I th- he loves the game. He wants to play. This is true. I mean, you have to. I just mean, that was like fun. They were doing that pool, like uh, they were like hiking to jump into pools in Hawaii, like on a private tour. Like that sounds amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Be married to an actress who. Making money. Mm, that's going to be, that's a good life. Aaron, Aaron's got a good life. Oh, yeah. He's got to figure it out. He's got enough money to do whatever he wants with now. Yeah. And, well, I, did, I didn't watch him on Jeopardy. Was he any good on Jeopardy? Oh, I, he's I, great. He's see? great. He's honestly been one of my favorite hosts to watch. Okay. Was he better? Did you watch any Ken Jennings hosted episodes? Uh, I've only been able to watch like one or so of each one. Okay. So a small sample, but um, Aaron Rodgers has been my favorite so far. Okay. Well, we got the, the Chuck endorsement on well, the Jeopardy host as well, then. You know, he's, he's hitting on all cylinders right now, Chuck. Indeed. I can't wait. Um, yeah, we'll see. And we'll see if uh, Aaron Rodgers is on a new team by the time this match happens. It, oh, it definitely could. He oh. That would not be. What if it happened during the match? That'd be wild. <laughs> That'd be insane. That'd be amazing. Because there's cameras following him everywhere. Like they couldn't escape that. No. Yeah. And he. If what you if he were like, the. Yeah. If Bryson DeChambeau tells him his new team. That'd be insane. Or really, Tom? What if Tom told him? Oh, that's golden right there. Yeah. Um, by the way, they're playing the golf course in Montana. Hmm. I don't know of any famous Montanian, Montanan golf courses, but hey, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, All righty. So one more piece of football news before we get to the NBA playoffs. Uh, It was confirmed via phone call that Julio (laughs) Jones has, in fact, requested a trade. Um. Shannon Li- Sharp live on national television. <laughs> Shannon Sharp called up his buddy and got the answers. I guess we were all <laughs> looking for. Um, Before we get to the implications of the trade, Chuck, was that a bit? Was that pre-planned? You're in the media business. There's no way he just straight up called Julio out of the blue, right? Yeah, he probably did. He probably did. Listen, I'm not, I'm not on a show like that at all, but like, well, 
I know people. I mean, there's people that are on my show that just say whatever they want. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing <laughs> we can do about it. Yeah, you can't, it's not like you can, you can just like cut the feed. You got yeah, that's basically all I can do. Cut them off. That's that's the best <laughs> I could do. And with that show, the whole point is to watch them. So like, they got nothing else going on. No, yeah, okay. Can't so. Yeah, they can't like throw to commercial break while he's doing. They're not, and they're not going to turn it down. That's like real. It's like a reality show. It's gold. Yep. Okay, then. So the, the big highly question, possible. This just the big, question, the big question was: Did he know he was live on the air? My answer is he had to. You okay. know, when, you know when that show airs. I mean, yeah, it is a li- it is live television, actual live television, not not right. pre-recorded, nothing. You know, so although I have no idea what time it comes on, what no- noon? That'd be my guess. It's like ten to noon, I think. Okay, so eh. or nine to eleven, something like that. But you know when you're getting that call from Shannon Sharp, that yeah, you're on undisputed hours, right now. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's not into it. He basically said, "I'm out of there." He's not in a Falcon. Yep. He also doesn't want to go to Dallas. Something yep. about a pitcher. Is he a, a quote about the pitcher there? Is that I mean, is that a Dak? shot no there was a picture of him wearing a dallas cowboys like hoodie picture like somewhere recently um so people were suspecting maybe that was a preferred destination is to go to dallas um gotcha okay yeah all right fantasy wise chuck what is the best possible landing spot for Julio Jones for his fantasy value? I mean, it's tough. It's tough because when he plays, he is, he is great. When he's healthy, he's great. I have like a, the perfect scenario, but all the things have to work. What if somehow we were just talking about him? The Green Bay Packers put something together to bring Julio Jones to be the other ace alongside Adams, and that's the thing to get Rodgers back. I mean, that you'd might... have an unbelievable fantasy team there. Indeed. Um, I saw a tweet. It was a fake tweet. For a second, I thought it was real, but um, um, he, uh, this was the tweet breaking. The Green Bay Packers have traded quarterback Jordan Love, Tardan, Robert Tunyon, 2022 second and 2023 third to the Atlanta Falcons in exchange for Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'd have fallen for that, too. That doesn't sound like completely, completely unreasonable, you know? Although, trading Tunyon doesn't help with Aaron Rodgers, because I think Rodgers likes Tunyon, so... He does, but for Julio, I don't know, you know. We, Plus, they drafted Kyle there. Pitts. Oh, that's, yeah, you're right. That does not make they sense Kyle for the Falcons, then. First. Yeah. So, okay, that does not make sense for the Falcons, then. Yeah. But I wasn't thinking about the Falcons' side. I was, <laughs> they're, they got to do what they got to do and get to get rid of him because he's obviously, you know, frustrated and requested out of there. Um, 
there are there are other places. Like, do you think I always I want to say San Francisco, but I'm just not sure a traditional elite wide receiver in San Francisco is even going to matter. For, he does he just runs a weird offense, you know. Yeah, um, the per- place I was thinking about is Baltimore. See, we've we, <laughs> we've hit on this. I just don't. That wouldn't be good for Julio. He'd he'd be significantly worse as a wide receiver in fantasy, I think, at Baltimore than he is yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, but as a team, the Ravens would be pretty stacked. I mean, if Rashad Bateman develops the way he's supposed to, imagine Julio and Bateman on the outside with Brown on the slot plus Mark Andrews. Yeah, no, it. Adding Julio to the Ravens makes the Ravens better. Yeah, yes, Chuck, of course. <laughs> I, Lamar, Lamar can't support that many wide receiving weapons, you know? That's going to take him out of his game. If they force him to throw the ball to that many people, they might lose more games than they would. Not, not that they win, but then they lost in their current model of just letting him go wild. Yeah. The real, the real question for me, because Julio, we got to find out where he goes on all this, but he's leaving. The thing we know concretely is he's leaving. Yeah. How high do you draft Calvin Ridley now, and Kyle Pitts for that matter? They both go up significantly. Significantly, me. but like I think Calvin, Calvin Ridley's like yeah. a round two, round three wide receiver. Yeah, I think he's a top. I don't want to say top five. 10. He's definitely top 10. Yeah. He's, he's flirting on five for me, man. Yeah. Who, who do you I think mean, above him for sure, wide receiver-wise? Fantasy. Who's definitely ahead of him? I only think like three. Under the condition that Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs. Yes, and then maybe Hopkins. Maybe. I'd throw Hopkins up there because he throws enough. He catches enough deep passes. You can't I, not take him. No, I yes, I, I, I think so. I, yeah. I, but then he's, he could easily be next. Him and, like, A.J. Brown, I think, are my, like, five, six. Calvin and A.J. Brown. Yeah. I, I don't, outside of that, I'm, he's right there now since Julio's gone. I mean, there's also – because, I mean, it's a little bit difficult because you could also slide, like, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, all in that kind of area, too. They're all like gonna. They're all gonna go like right in that range. Yeah, and Michael Thomas and stuff like that. There, there are players you can talk about. There. Michael Thomas, I'm cooling on. He can. <laughs> with James, I'm cooling, I'm cooling on those bucks. You not Mike Evans, except Mike Evans, because I've turned around on my. I I thought he and Brady were having connection issues. They figured it out. Now it's year two. Evans is gonna explode. The thing about Mike it, Evans is he'll have four catches, but it'll be like two touchdowns. So you yeah, can't, see, that's what you can't not draft. You're like, he catches too many touchdowns for me not to draft him. He's, if you can somehow get Mike Evans as your wide receiver too, he's on, it's per, perfect. You know, it's almost impossible. Your, your draft has to go perfectly for you to somehow make that happen. But, oh, we'll see. We'll see. We, we get to mock draft season. We'll get there. We're almost there. But uh, Kyle Pitts. We we touched on him during the draft a little bit, but this changes it again. I think top, I think, top five tight end. Yeah, he's top five. I, he was already top five. For, he was already number five for me. I think he still stays number five just because he's there's still Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey. Um, See, he's my four now. He's jump Mark Andrews for me. I think. I just don't trust 
again, that Baltimore spread. To me, it's Kelsey, definitive one. My two is, I think my two is Darren Waller, man. That guy has an insane target share. And then Kittle, Pitts, Andrews. That's where I'm going. That's my five. But TJ Hawkinson is potentially going to have a good... In, actually, Daron mentioned it a couple episodes ago. Irv Smith, man, bigger, big game Irv might might sneak in there too. Yeah, Hawkins is going to have a big year because, like Jared Goff is going to have nobody else to throw to. Yep, Amon Ross St. Brown is like going to be climbing that rank really quick because, boy, they, their wide receiving core is shot. Yeah, Amon St. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be played in fantasy games this year for sure. Yeah. Which is, to my in my opinion, saying something as a what was he the seventh wide receiver off the board? You know, something like that. Among, Maybe he was like he was like no, he was like fifteenth or 15th, something. He was yeah, like, like yeah, third round or something. Yeah, I was I was always oh, so many wide receivers going that second third that that second day. It's like a whirlwind. Um, but Pitts, man, I'd be willing to reach for him. Six, sixth round, seventh round. Is that is that pushing it? I was gonna say like fifth. fifth I think okay. I, Depending on how many people are in your draft, but yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. Tw- Twelve teamer, five, six, ten, six, seven, probably. You know, something, something like that. Depends on where those other tight ends go. He's gonna be. This is what's gonna happen though. Somebody's gonna take him in, like the third. Somebody's gonna think he's going to set the world on fire and jump all over him. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. I'm telling, I'm keep telling my brain. It's not going to be me to make sure I don't, I don't do it. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a tight end round though, where Kelsey, cause Kelsey's going to go like second or third round. He's going at least second round at the latest Kelsey. He is. Yeah. I mean, he's another, he's a machine man. Yeah. The, the real question is going to, you're right. There's going to be a run though on like the, Andrew Waller's, Andrews Waller, Pitts, Hawk. There's going to be a run at some point in your draft. You just got to jump all over when you think it's the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, another Julio Jones destination possible if he's trying to win a chip again. Maybe Buffalo. Oh, opposite digs. Imagine they did, they did lose John Brown. Imagine Buffalo trading like Mitchell Trubisky and like some other pieces to the Falcons. If, if, if the Falcons bring on Trubisky, that'd be hysterical. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the Buffalo, I don't know what the Bills have that the Falcons want. I don't know what the Falcons want. What do the Falcons want? Just draft picks? I mean, for future building defensive pieces, like yeah, that's. I mean, I imagine. So. That is a that is fun to think of. A lot of teams have defensive positions and uh, draft picks that they could give up, but typically the, the teams in that position aren't ready to win. And that's where Huli he wants to go somewhere to win. So I don't know if Buffalo because I mean Buffalo they have defensive pieces, but they'd get worse on defense. That'd be entertaining as hell, though. Yeah. Will Josh Allen be your, your QB one? If that happened, he might be. Yeah, I mean, I think he might have to be right. He's he's already like two or he's already got to be like three or four at this point. Yeah, 
I mean, Mahomes. Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar. He might even be, I think he might be my three. He might even be above Lamar. Oh, A-Rod. You can't, wherever, I mean, Rodgers, I guess. I don't know, though. Yeah. He did just win the MVP. He might slow down. Anyway, there are a million places Julio could go. We got to kind of wait for that. But these Falcons, there's going to be, I I think Calvin Ridley might be. Can he finish as the wide receiver one, Chuck? Is that in the realm of possibility? Julio finishing wide receiver one. Uh, Ridley. Oh, Ridley finishing wide receiver one. I mean, I don't know about that. Just because Diggs has such a good connection with Allen and Devontae with Rodgers. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The Falcons might not be good enough. Might just not score enough, you know? I mean, yeah, they put up points. They just got to get stops on the other, you know, it's weird because for the past like three or four years, every year I've thought, well, Falcons will be good. And then Mm -hmm. they just don't win games. Yes. (laughs) They just don't win games. And is Arthur Smith their new head coach? I think, right? I do. I mean, I like that hire. He. We'll find out. We will find out about the Falcons. Yeah. So let's uh, move on then to the NBA playoffs. Uh, Games twos and threes are going on right now. I think it's all games two today. Um. Yeah, all game twos today. Yeah. Um, so first question, Dan, as someone who picked the Clippers possibly to come out of the West, how you feeling? Horribly about that pick. They look terrible. The Mavericks just have them figured out. And you were right about Luka just being the best guy on the court and just kind of owning that series. Um, I don't think the series is completely dead. I mean – there's no way they get swept. We get, momentum can change. They just look. They just look dead. They don't look like they're ready to come and play. You got to be feeling great. Feeling pretty good about my uh, Dallas pick, especially. We'll see how this Grizzlies Jazz game goes tonight. Uh, but after the Jazz drop game, after Donovan yeah. Mitchell mysteriously didn't, coaches basically told him not to play. That's crazy. Did they think they could just they could just beat the Grizzlies anyway? Is that I mean that has to be the thought process, right? That's the only logical explanation for what happened. And he was, as he should be, livid about it. I mean, how do you not play your best guy? Like it's a play. This is what I've been waiting for. You know, he's because there's something too about getting your rhythm, establishing dominance and dominance as the one seed. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, meanwhile, the um, uh, Nuggets, Blazers are 1-1, Suns, Lakers 1-1. We had another LeBron flop. I mean, it was, he's so good. He was still great. They beat him. It's just, how long do he writhe in pain, get up, and then go writhe in pain again for his shoulder that was obviously apparently fine in game two? Yeah, I admit it's it's hard to watch. It's, it's not it's not easy, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it's not easy. But we we accept it 
because of what he does. You know, yes. like he's so much fun to watch. And it's, he I love LeBron. Like, I don't want the flopping thing to come off. Like, I just I love watching him play basketball. It drives me insane. It's going to always drive me insane. It's just part of watching him play basketball now. It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Knicks Hawks game one. <sighs> Electric, my friend. Electric. Trey Young. OK, Look, I want to feel you out, Chuck. Scale one to ten. How much do you like Trey Young right now? Uh, nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, um, that you did it right. I was gonna say ten. You, nine's right. Just in case that gives us these guys more games to get to a ten. You know, that gives, just gives them a little little room for growth. Yep. I loved he and he embraced that MSG. And, uh, oh, what's the ambiance isn't right but just that you know that feel when you get in there being the villain and just taking the whole stadium down with you as you you know play he he embraces inner reggie miller that's what he did yeah tonight uh they were apparently handing out flyers at uh msg that said tonight's chant is trey is balding (laughs) i mean he is but (laughs) you don't have to take that cheap shot but i love it do you think, because uh, we, bo- I think we both picked the Knicks in seven after uh, just base. I mean, I know I picked it because of Thibodeau, and I don't feel great about it at the moment. But uh, we still, we still, we still ride with Knicks in seven, Chuck. I'm not a game one overreactor. Gotcha. I'm not a game one overreactor. I'm a game two guy. Let's see where we have it in game two. Like I was a little wor- like I wasn't going to worry about Suns Lakers unless so Suns went up two nothing. They mm-hmm. didn't. So now I'm not worried. Yeah. Game two's going on right now. The Hawks had a like 13 point lead going at the half, but the Knicks have battled back. They're up by four. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth into these final minutes. So here we go. I haven't been going since we've been recording. I haven't seen as Julius Randle picked it up in the second half because he was terrible in the first half. I hope he, I hope he's if I'm assuming down 13. Now they're up four. He has had a, some sort of revitalization. Revitalization. Yikes. Um, he because did. He, he definitely did because I saw a thing on Twitter that said, like, Julius Randle seeing the tweets at halftime, and it was Michael Jordan. And I took that personally. So, okay, yeah, because he, he had two points in the first game. He was like 0 for 7 or something from the field. My guess is he's he's turned it on because he's, he's the guy. We mentioned it last week. He's the guy for them to go win the series. He um, now has 13 points and 10 rebounds. Okay, yeah. So he's, yeah, he has like 11 and 6. And I mean, they're still in the third quarter, I would assume, right? Fourth. Five, oh, and, a half. Fourth. Five and a half minutes left. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's been a quicker second half. Okay. But anyway, he's still not great, but he's shown back up. Um, see how he closes it out here. Derek Rose is their best, is their leading scorer with 24 Stop. right now. Derek Rose, man. He's been a pleasant surprise as someone that did not just fade into existence. I mean, you know, like a lot of players like Derrick Rose just flame out after their meteoric rise to stardom. He didn't. He's still here. I love it. Indeed. And then uh, earlier tonight, um, Sixers beat the Wizards. I believe that game's, yeah. And it's seven- over. If, even if it's not over, it's over. Yeah, they they won one twenty to ninety five, and Simmons had twenty two nine rebounds and eight assists. I'm feeling good about my Sixers pick. They look 
good. They look ready to play. Simmons looks exactly like how you want Ben Simmons to look, and Embiid looks like the MVP. He's not going to yeah. win it. He looks like the MVP. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go for the winner of this series, Atlanta Knicks. So if the if the they could sweep and they this game goes seven, they're going to be sitting pretty well rested for whoever comes out of that series. Yep, and uh, uh, they're. I I really do think it's going to matter the fact that they get to play as you just mentioned, either the Knicks or the Hawks instead of who we're about to get to. They get a whole extra round of not fighting to the death. Indeed, because the next two series we're talking about is the Brooklyn Nets, who are just handling the, the Celtics, and the Milwaukee Bucks, who are apt, who after a really intense game one, wiped the floor with the Heat. That series is both of these series are over, but that series is over. The Heat are dead in the water. The Bucks are just eating them, eating their lunch, stealing their their breakfast. And, you know, even their midnight snack, man, they get nothing. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics have no chance for sure. None. I will say this about the Bucks: They have been up 2-0 before and lost. So I will, I will reserve until there's a game. They've won game three for me to, you know. Fair enough, but it didn't look like this. This, this series looks different, but, uh, so Piggyback off you there, man. I can't wait for Net Sixers. I'm I'm just kind of I'm I'm just jumping right there. I it, the way the two teams are playing, it looks like it's definitive. They're the best two teams in the East. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun series. I can't wait. Um, probably the Nets are gonna win, but you know, I don't know, man. I the Sixers play defense like. They have guys that can n- mostly match up one on one with the you know they're not going to stop them every time obviously but can actually contest make make it difficult on those three scores to score they can't completely stop because it's those three you know but the, the I think the Sixers score it will I think Joel B can average is there any I want to say forty is ridiculous but I mean forty points a game isn't in for him, I, I can see it. He's it's not average. It's, it's ridiculous. I know. So he's av- not averaging that against the Wizards, though. So if he's not averaging that against the Wizards, I don't know why he's going to average that against the Nets. Well, g- game plan, g- you know, it, it style of style of play. What you have, you know, you go to the guy that's going to get the points because they don't have the guy to stop you. You know, versus Ben Simmons went for twenty two against the Wizards. He's not doing that against the Nets. He doesn't need to. You know, yeah. Not that it doesn't need to, but it's a different style of play, different for your opponents. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, any other series we didn't talk about already? Uh, um, not really. Do you think the Suns have a chance, or do you think you think it's a, just LeBron being LeBron? LeBron being LeBron. Yeah. He's gone playoff mode. He's getting him out of there. Yeah. I... Damn it. Okay, yeah, it is. It's going to be – the Lakers are coming out of the West. It just really feels like that now, doesn't it? I was kind of hoping – last week you could, you could probably feel it in my voice. I was wanting it to not be – I was just 
trying to find that extra answer. So it's not Nets Lakers. I think the Sixers are our only chance now. I mean, you don't see anybody else. You, you're, you're, you're full team Nets Lakers, right? You think that's yeah. pretty much locked and yeah. loaded? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna every week. I'm gonna keep trying to find find the way that we can get to not that. But ah, come on, Philly, you can do it. I'm officially rooting for the Sixers. Okay, that just happened. I'm officially rooting for the Philadelphia Seven Sixers to win the NBA championship this year. Mm. Done. Well, as as a songwriter once wrote, because I hate looking for the light in the pouring rain. <laughs> That's why I'm not rooting for the Sixers. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Doc well, Rivers whatever. is not a championship coach. He has a championship, but he had big three when that happened. So yeah, yeah, and they only got one. So that that's the bigger thing is they only got the one when it felt like they should have had multiple. Indeed. Um. So yeah, that's why I can't roll. I can't roll with them. I can't. Uh. Anyways, we teased it a little bit last week. You want to wrap up this episode talking a little bit about the, the whole Tony LaRusso fiasco? It's a little late, but it is. A, it's a little late. We're we're not as topical as we should be, but uh, it was a little ridiculous. So we might as well. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. So the situation was, um, the White Sox were playing. I can't remember who they were playing. That I don't remember either. Yeah, they were winning, but I don't. If memory serves, it was not a blowout. It, they they were winning for sure. I think I want to say it was like five one or six. You know, I think they were winning for sure, but it wasn't. No, 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 no. I think they were smoking them. I want to say it was like thirteen to two. You know, I I want to say they were like pounding them. But uh, anyway, there was uh, oh, who's the young guy's name? We should. I. It's so late. I forget the the batter who was. It's a young. It's like second baseman. Um, it was three zero count. He gave him the take sign. The guy didn't see it. Blasted a home run. So he then, um, I think then the next day, because they had the press conference that day, where he yep. basically threw said guy under the bus um, and said he shouldn't have swung. Uh, I can't remember if they, he made it public that he gave the take sign at that point yet or not, or just said he shouldn't have swung. And, you know, that's not good baseball. The next day, they threw at said player, and he got beamed. And in the post-conference after that game, the Rooster was like, yeah, they were in the right. He shouldn't have swung. Basically, I'm glad he got thrown at. Yep. And German Mercedes is the— Mercedes. Uh, yes. I, I'm so bad. There's so many freaking baseball names, man. <laughs> yeah. But, I, Okay. So I have the two sides of it, and I'll, I don't let you jump in, Chuck. He gave the sign. The guy didn't take it. You're allowed to be mad at that. Everything else, total BS from Tony LaRusso. What are you talking about? Shouldn't have been thrown at. You don't tell them they were right in throwing at him. And what the hell's wrong with hitting a 3-0 home run? Like, I don't care what the score is. It's Major League Baseball. And he's a rookie. He's a rookie, Yes. He needs to get that contract and stay up. And when he look at his home run numbers, they count. No matter yes. when he hits them. Yeah, average home run, RB, all of those things. They don't, they won't remember that he hit it 3-0 up a bunch of runs. You know? So are you 
are you on the same page with me basically where you're allowed to be mad at the not like listening to me giving you the sign but everything else is just total crap yep that's especially you don't let your guy get hit and and just say it's acceptable right because do you know did they retaliate at all did the white Sox do anything i don't believe so no yeah i didn't think so either which i didn't hear about anything at least that almost feels like old school baseball right you know we get thrown out we throw at you then type you know if you're if you're old school you're old school yeah but that's a reason why they call it old school. True. And Tony Larusa is old school. Yeah. To quote the wire, uh, the thing about the old days is they the old days. <laughs> that's how it is, brother. <laughs> I love that show so much. <laughs> Greatest show ever made. Um, it's up there. We go check out our other podcast, Mind Your Popcorn. We have done that, and we made a top five list. And Chuck took about half of mine <laughs> at yep. Mind Popcorn on uh, Twitter. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's just that's why we haven't talked about baseball a lot at all. This it's just I did go to a baseball game. I've been to two so far this year. Oh, nice! You yeah. live significantly closer to a baseball stadium than I do. Two of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, went, yes. I, I went and saw the Orioles and then play the Yankees. Yankees won. And then I went and saw the Nationals play the Orioles and the Nationals won. It was a great game. There were two grand slams. Four oh, home no Oh, yeah. It was great. That's awesome. How, much, how do you feel about the Nationals Park? Because obviously, Camden Yards is awesome, historic, incredible. Nationals Park was pretty nice, too. We were sitting out in right field. Mm-hmm. And we, um, which is a little elevated, not as elevated as the right field in Camden Yards, but the bullpen was right below us. We couldn't see it from where we were sitting. Mm. Um, but all the seats are pretty much great. You know, it's pretty much um, it's designed well. It's really easy to go places. Um, see, nice- I hated the uh, it's like the two big ass parking garages, though, like the in and out is not easy. Oh, well, we didn't park at a Nationals parking garage. We parked at a parking garage, like, on the same street, but, like, a block mm-hmm. away from the stadium. Okay. Because, yeah. I, in hindsight, I should have done that. I also went on a, like, July 12th day. It was, like, 99 degrees, and we were down the right, uh, right field line. Baking. the One of the hottest days I've ever been in my entire life. So I don't have fond memories of the National Stadium. But uh, it did. I don't know. I didn't love it, but I'll leave it at that. I I loved it. We had great seats. We were out in uh, like, uh, uh, like I said, up in right field. And I've also sat there along the first baseline. I think I think that's where we were last time when okay. I went. Um, it's been a, it was a it was a long time. It was like 2019 or something. Right. Um, but yeah, although generally I don't like sitting. If I'm sitting on the first level, I'm either I either want to be like out in the outfield or like behind home plate. Anything mm-hmm. past the dugouts is not worth it to me. Oh, see, I like that angle of the hate game. It. Oh, hate I it. love sitting there. I hate you have to turn your whole body to see home plate. 
I don't like sitting. Be- See, I don't like sitting behind home plate at all. It, it does nothing for me. You can't. Your depth perception's so off on like what's. To me, my favorite part of going to a game is watching the actual trajectory of the ball and the, like the players like inner like react to where it's going. You, like you can actually have an actual judgment of where they're running. Like on TV, the only way you know where the ball is is kind of by judging the players' reactions. Like you, oh, they're sprinting or they're kind of jogging. You can kind of tell where the ball's going to go. Behind home plate, I can't really tell that. That's where I normally sit at Orioles games. That's where I, we, me and my parents always get tickets. Are their tickets are uh, upper level behind home plate? So that's our constant angle. Okay, upper upper level is better. You can you can you can see that. I thought you meant like I don't like those first. These people are talking about how great they are. The first ten to twenty rows, like behind home plate on surface level, can't stand those seats. Dan, you grossly overestimate how much income I have for me to afford those seats <laughs> at a Major League Baseball park, even at the Orioles Stadium. I'll say it is the Orioles. It's the Orioles. But, yeah. those, even though at the Orioles Stadium, those tickets are expensive. So, no. <laughs> um, no, well, I, live, I live in the $35 ticket range. That's where I live. <laughs> well, I guess I'm saying those, those seats are dramatically overpriced then. The upper yeah. decker ones should cost more. I think the I just think anything past the dugout on either the first or third base line, you have to turn your whole body to see the thing. Unless you're sitting in like that last row by the foul pole where you're towards at least sitting towards home plate. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just terrible to me. Oh, see, that doesn't literally doesn't bother me at all. You just turn, you just you know, you, you figure everybody's turned that way. It's like everybody's legs are cocked. You know, like it's not you just kind of associate with with the people. You but know, you figure it out. are so uncomfortable to sit in that way to me. I much prefer sitting where I don't have to. Like, and the national and the Nationals Park, you know, obviously they had social distance and everything. So we had like the entire row in front of us was empty. We, me and my friend had our feet over in the seats. We were leaned back. Felt great. Well, yeah, when you're talking about, if you're able to do that, you're, you're great. You know, say I've got seven seats around me in right field, we're down the right field line. I, you know, I'll sprawl out as well. Yeah. By the way, game just went final. Knicks beat the Hawks 101 to 92. So the series okay. is evened. Ooh, low scoring game. Very low scoring game. Okay. Yeah, the under hit and the Knicks covered by, and the Knicks covered. So three or four, yeah. Two is the number I'm seeing, but. Oh, they have to cover by seven or eight then. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. I don't know why I thought I had four, but I don't, whatever. Um, okay, well. You might have been juiced, got a juice line. I might have, I might have just seen something. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know what it was. Alrighty, y'all. Make sure you guys go and follow us on Twitter at FF Bush Podcast. Um, you can also follow me and Dan on there. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please be friendly. Give us a rating. Leave a review if you want to tell us what we should be covering, what you want to hear from us. Tweet at us if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, let us know. And uh, we're happy to hear. We're hoping to hear from y'all. I don't know who you are, listeners. Out let us lobby. know who you are. We want to know who you are. Yes. All righty, y'all. Have a good one and good luck.